My name's Will DeFreeze, and this is the Sunday Scaries podcast, your cure for the Sunday blues. For reasons 24-year-old me simply can't fathom, Monday morning has become one of my favorite mornings of the week as of late. While I initially thought this was due to the fact that I couldn't wait to talk to my coworkers about White Lotus, I soon realized that it was a much different reason. The bad Monday stories that everyone seems to submit to the Sunday Scaries Instagram story. While I used to be someone who could have easily submitted a hungover anecdote every Monday morning, I now consider myself to be the maitre d' at a restaurant where you all clearly drank too much red wine and espresso martinis. The theme of these stories as of late, especially in December, office holiday parties, nearly all of them. Hooking up with coworkers, throwing up in front of everyone, perhaps getting a little too comfortable after one too many cocktails. It soon became quite evident that some do's and don'ts of holiday office parties were very much needed. These are those do's and don'ts. Our first, do overdress. If you're wondering if you're overdressed while you're getting ready for the party, I have good news for you. You're absolutely not. If there's ever a time to dress to the nines, it's around the holidays, in front of your coworkers, at a nice party that is funded completely by them. Trust me, you would rather be overdressed than underdressed. And that is pretty much a rule for your entire life. Don't wear anything that your boss can't afford. Oh, you got a hand-me-down Rolex from your dad? Definitely leave that at home. Maybe an old Chanel purse from your mom? Just go with some other clutch for the night. You don't want to look like you don't need your job because honestly, most of us probably do. I know I would. Don't show up to the people who sign your checks and look better than them because they will be a little confused when you have luxurious jewelry or anything else that costs a lot of money. And even if they say they don't notice, I promise you, they do. Be a little bit modest, even though you're still overdressing. Do show up on time. Hell, I don't care, even show up a little early. This especially applies if it's a sit-down dinner in a small setting, but you can kind of get away with showing up a little later if it's just a bar tab at some random bar with all your coworkers showing up. There are a couple benefits from this. One is that you can choose your seat, which, you know, at a, at a party like this around your coworkers, you would much rather be able to sit next to people you like rather than the awkward people that you don't really talk to. If you show up early, you also get some much needed sober face time with the higher ups. I guarantee that the people who own the company, or at least the people who make the decisions, will be there on the earlier side. And it's never a bad thing to shake some hands and give some smiles out. And finally, you can eliminate the risk of being the last one to arrive, which is just a sore thumb on the hand of the company. Another don't only talk to your work friends. This is a networking event above all, so don't segment things off like a middle school dance. Only talking to your work husband or your work wife signals that you don't care about anyone else, and it just kind of looks a little immature. If you're one of the younger people at the company, rubbing elbows with the olds can go a long way. I promise, and you will see how that pans out the next week in the office. You know, as long as you don't get too drunk in front of them. Do introduce your date or plus one to anyone that you talk to. They already don't want to be stuck at your work party, so make sure they get introduced to everybody and feel comfortable mulling about. The more uncomfortable they feel, the more likely they are to sneakily drink four martinis behind your back and absolutely embarrass you later on in the night. Don't pregame. This isn't a kickback at a frat house. It's your work party. 
One drink max to start the night before the party. People will notice if you come in too hot, I promise. They are used to seeing you very sober at work, or at least hopefully very sober at work. And so if you have any liquid courage, it will be oozing out of your pores. Being the most sober person at your company party is much better than being the opposite of that. Do have a late lunch. Unless you plan the party yourself, you probably don't know the exact ins and outs of the food situation. You want to have a base to drink on. So make sure that you have a hearty lunch late in the day so that you don't have to rely on the food at the party, most of which you'll be too distracted to even eat. But just made make sure to brush your teeth before the party. No one wants to smell the red onions from your 2 p.m. salad from Sweetgreen. Don't order a second martini. You know me, normally I'm trying to order it for you, but at a work function, it's essential to stick to low ABV alcohol after your first cocktail. Beer, wine, seltzer, whatever. But everyone knows that a second martini always leads to a third martini, and a third martini leads to needing to apply for new jobs on Monday morning. Our final do, stay for at least 75% of the party, or at the very least until people visibly start dropping like flies. While you don't want to be the last to leave, you also don't want to be the first to leave. It gives the appearance that you don't care, you don't get that valuable FaceTime in with the coworkers that you don't see often, and simply put, Staying for that long makes it look like you're invested, even though you're probably not. And finally, our final don't of today, don't go to a third location with coworkers. A second location after the party is an appropriate move, but a third location ends with you exchanging awkward glances with your coworker come Monday morning when both of you either know or can't remember that something might've happened that night. And yes, they did remember you doing that thing that you're praying they were too drunk to remember. Sorry. If you know me, you know that I like to drink a nice stout glass of red wine. And our sponsor this week, First Leaf, has made it so easy for me to choose from so many different wines that they even curate these wines for me and send them to me based on the recommendations that I accidentally go through the system with. If you like to unwind with my podcast and a nice glass of wine, First Leaf makes it simple to discover new wines that you'll love. They learn your tastes and then they deliver quality wines right to your door. Forget driving to the wine shop, forget shopping by the label, and forget overspending on bottles that you don't like. Honestly, forget having to shop for wine at the grocery store and just welcome their box straight to your front door. With First Leaf, you rate each wine you receive with a simple thumbs up or thumbs down, and then their experts send you personalized selections with new and exciting bottles in every box. In fact, First Leaf can recommend wines you'll love with a 96% accuracy. And as your tastes evolve, so will the wines that you receive. All you have to do is log in, tell them whether or not you liked a bottle of wine, and they will curate everything right to your preferences. And if you're not completely satisfied with the bottle, First Leaf will credit you for another. That's wine made simple. Sign up today and you'll get your first six bottles for $39.95 plus free shipping. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash scaries. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash scaries to get your first six bottles for $39.95 plus free shipping. Tryfirstleaf.com slash scaries. I remember sitting down at my desk and just putting my forehead directly on the space between my keyboard and the edge of that desk. This wasn't the first time I'd done such a thing, but it was definitely one of the worst times. It was the 28th of December, that I know. I don't remember the year, 
but it was a time when I was between the ages of 24 and 26, what I can now look back on and refer to them not so fondly as my party days. Most people, especially those people in the corporate world, don't know what it actually feels like to sit at your own desk between Christmas and New Year's with a hangover that can only be described as mind-blowing. I was working retail at the time, a relentless slog of pretending to be happy while people brought in gifts they wanted to exchange or simply wanted discounts on things that we had on the sales floor. From November on, working retail is a whole different beast than the rest of the year. While burning the candle at both ends, both socially and for work, you have to put on a smiling face when customers ask you questions that can only be described as shameless. Is this going to go more on sale? How fast can you gift wrap this? I'm in a rush. I found this online for half the price. Do you price match? And yes, half the time they find another price online, it's either out of stock or from an extremely sketchy website that they could have even made themselves. But it's not just the retailers who face the brunt of a brutal holiday schedule. It's medical professionals, it's food service workers, and it's everyone else in between. Without people working over the holidays, for a lot of us, the holidays simply wouldn't be, well, the holidays. But as I started to graduate from the sales floor and move my life into a more desk-driven job, I thought things would look up. I thought they would improve, and I thought they would be easier. But as it turns out, they really weren't. I kind of craved the distractions of human interaction that made the day go by faster. I wanted to be anywhere but my desk in hopes that I could forget about the clock and that aforementioned hangover. The minutes crept by, and what felt doable in the morning soon felt like an uphill battle in the afternoon. And while I never truly came up with any solutions for passing the brutal time at my desk, I did come up with some hacks that allowed me to do as little work as possible, while also working during the least desirable time of the year. These are those quick hacks. The first one is to have a fake spreadsheet up on your computer. This doesn't mean have a fake Google sheet up on your screen that's just totally blank. You either need to create a whole new spreadsheet or copy and paste over an old spreadsheet and just fake operate on that. Spreadsheets are difficult to digest at a glance, so it's the perfect thing to have on your screen if your job uses it. Another one, and this is one that I've absolutely mastered over the years, is the simple process of using Alt and Tab. Mastering Alt Tab is the most important thing that a lazy worker can do. And that's coming from a former lazy worker. If you're not familiar with Alt Tab, it's the easiest way to switch between windows quick, quickly without someone being able to detect it. So if you need to flip back into that spreadsheet and get out of those tabs that you're shopping in, or if you're trying to stream something on Netflix, this is the only way to go about doing it because otherwise you're just begging to click your mouse somewhere and not get in there. Our next is walking around the office only with a laptop. And obviously this applies to people who only work in offices. This is a last ditch effort to publicly look busy when you truly have nothing else to do in front of your coworkers. If you walk around with your laptop in your hands, it automatically makes you look busy or like you have something to do. Like you're headed to a conference room, like you're about to hop on a call with someone, like you're a person on the move with things to take care of. Just don't open your laptop to expose the fact that you've been shopping all afternoon rather than working. You do not want to expose yourself in front of your coworkers. The fourth, load your calendar with tasks. To ensure that no one invites you to any meetings, fill your calendar with tasks for the day, even if those are tasks that you don't even plan on doing. 
It could be a meeting that you have with one of your coworkers who knows how lazy you are, or it could just be some process that you do regularly at your job that you're just gonna do after the new year. But if you schedule back to back to back to back meetings or tasks, you can guarantee that no one will have any license to bother you. And finally, our last one, which actually gets you out of the office, is go to an appointment. And yes, appointment is in quotes here. This is the best possible scenario, a fake appointment that no one can call you out on. A teeth cleaning, a dermatology appointment, taking your dog to the vet. Just make sure that you aren't telling your coworkers that you're getting your hair cut because everyone will be puzzled when you roll in the next day without any physical changes. Is this a flawless system? No, because actually proving that you've done anything to your superior is a taller task than faking the work in the first place. And with so many people working remotely with productivity tracking software these days, it's never been more difficult to feign productivity during the holidays. But much like Sunday Scaries in general, just know that you're not alone in doing this. If we're all miserable collectively, we're all less miserable individually. Happy holidays. So many of you have bought items from this very podcast, whether it was a sweatshirt, whether it was a hat, whether it was a candle, you've probably bought something from me and supported this podcast in some way, and I cannot thank you more for doing that. And guess what? All of those transactions have gone through Shopify. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether your thing is vintage teas or recipes, you can start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of your favorite businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll create an online store in your vibe, discover new customers, and grow the following that keeps them coming back. Shopify has all the sales channels sorted so your business keeps growing from an in-person point of sale system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to their 24-7 support and free libraries of educational content, Shopify's got you every step of the way. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify, and you will too. It's never been easier to grow your business thanks to Shopify. Signing up is simple, building your site is simple, and they have all the tools right there to make sure that you are doing it correctly and that you are absolutely crushing it thanks to Spotify. Shopify makes selling simple so you can put yourself and your ideas out there. Whether your thing is making ebooks or earrings, Shopify makes your success possible. So when you're ready to launch your thing into the spotlight, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform back in millions of businesses down to the street and around the globe. Go on, try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash scaries, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash scaries to start selling online today. Again, that's shopify.com slash scaries. Every year, I like to sit down with low expectations and think about what the future of Sunday Scaries as a brand looks like. While manifestation is as popular as ever these days, I don't think what I'm doing today really qualifies. For me, it's simply an opportunity to sit down, look at the year that's passed, and look forward to the year ahead. And being that this is our last episode of the Sunday Scaries podcast until next year, there was no better time to do it than now. Last year, there were a few changes that we made on this side of things. While I actually talked about them somewhat at length in last week's listener voicemails episode, we saw the emergence of retail therapy, we saw huge growth on the Instagram front, and a few less scary episodes this year than last year. 
I've gotten some comments, some messages, uh, some DMs about why there were so many retail therapy episodes versus Sunday Scaries episodes and why some of those retail therapy episodes replaced Sunday Scaries episodes. And I have to say, not all that information is accurate. There were far more episodes of Sunday Scaries this year than retail therapy. But part of the reason that you did see more retail therapy bubbling up was uh, for three different reasons. One is that there was just less preparation time. Having a new son, having a lot of other work responsibilities, just having life get in the way, having less preparation time for uh, my weekly episodes, it's kind of nice sometimes. And so sometimes retail therapy just made it easier on me. Also, retail therapy became very, very popular. In fact, a lot of the retail therapy episodes outweighed the listens of regular Sunday Scaries episodes, which was very encouraging and honestly super motivating. It simply made us want to do more. But honestly, one of the main reasons is that Barrett and I just had a lot of fun doing retail therapy in general. But 2022 wasn't all just a series of small victories adding up to an overall good year. I struggled finding a merch partner who could satisfy my needs. I had an exciting deal fall through in the late stages that really knocked my confidence for longer than I'd like to admit. And I had a rep from a major agency tell me that I should replace myself on a podcast with two women, like a call her daddy, but for hangovers. And when I told her what she said was a little offensive given my history with the brand, my history with the podcast, and you know, just my pride of everything, well, she never emailed me back about that. And honestly, I'm kind of thankful for that. And once those things added up, I quickly realized how ready I was to turn the chapter to a new year, 2023. When it comes to my 2023 goals, I kind of broke them out just into the different sections of the brand. Where at first we have retail therapy, and this year I don't really think we'll see a ton of changes, but I hope we have more guests, I hope we have more episodes, and I hope we have more fun. I think Barrett can co-sign that. When it comes to the Sunday Scaries podcast, I'd say I'd like to put out an episode every single Sunday, but I can't guarantee given what I've learned over the last year. I wanted to do that last year, and I simply couldn't do it last year. But overall, I am not going to pump the brakes really at all on the Sunday Scaries podcast in general. I do hope that I have more guests, even if it's just 10 minutes at the end of some episodes for people to discuss their Sundays. It's just so much fun talking to people about how they spend their free time and how they spend their hangovers. One of the biggest areas of focus, though, will be merch. As you know, the candles are selling and they're still selling pretty well. I'm very happy with them. I absolutely love the relationship that I have with Vellabox. They've been the easiest people to work with and they are so good at what they do. The most recent scary Christmas candle is the best smelling candle that I've really seen from them in a very long time. And I'm so excited about uh, forging that relationship as we go into the future. When it comes to other collaborations on things that aren't candles, I have at least one going in the works right now, and I hope to get some more going in the future as well. And when it comes to all of the other merch, that's the biggest undertaking I'll have this year. My mentality for the last year has been build the audience and figure out everything else later. And honestly, now that that audience has been built, it's really time to put out some stuff that I want to wear myself. But overall, when it comes to the growth of the brand, I kind of feel more uncertain than previous years. The significant Instagram growth has really thrown a wrench in my plans. You know, there's so many opportunities that I could go pursue. So it's trying to figure out the right one while also keeping the ethos of the brand intact. But the one thing uh, outside of merch and outside of everything else that I did start doing in 2022 that will bleed over into 2023 is that written content. The Sunday Digest, which you can find at willdefreeze.substack.com, that will continue to exist in its current form. Uh, I will keep contrib contributing to the Substack. It's been one of my favorite things to do. 
I just think I deep down love running a website or love running a blog or just a live feed of my writing. I would love to be writing enough that I can justify the paid subscription tier that helps sustain the brand and allow it to grow even more. But writing's the most difficult thing to find time for these days. A lot of writing already goes into these episodes. And so the stuff that interests me the most is fiction, which I don't really do on the podcast. But that's also the scariest type of writing to free re f freely release out into the wild for people. But the most uncertain part of the brand at this point is this, but that's also the place that I'm thinking about the most. To be fully transparent with you, podcast listens are up. The Instagram is growing faster than I ever could have imagined. The Substack following has grown by over 50% this year, and I'd be lying if I said that I wasn't completely and utterly happy with Sunday Scaries from a creative perspective. And I'd also be lying if I said I wasn't over the moon thankful for anyone who has helped make this creative venture a career for me. I'll definitely be pinching myself going into 2023. If you liked what you heard today, make sure to subscribe, review, or tell a friend in need about this podcast. By subscribing, you guarantee that each and every episode gets delivered directly to your phone every Sunday morning. You can also follow along on Twitter at Sunday Scaries and Instagram, which is at Sunday.Scaries, or you can follow me both on Twitter and Instagram at Will DeFreeze. And remember, always trim the wicks on your scented candles. I'll see you next year.